sometimes But don't be afraid to be a source of light Peace, good people Peace Fee, how you feeling today? Man, I don't know, I'm feeling a little nervous But I'm okay, nerves can be good Absolutely, totally human mm-hmm. uh, how, how are you? I'm feeling very open that's a good feeling. Yeah, I feel really open today. And yeah, I give thanks for that. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Soul Affirmations with Felicia and Kariga. With Kariga and Felicia. And most importantly, you, the listener on the Black Love Podcast Network. Yes, yes, yes. It's a lovely day here in the Bay. It is. It's, it's l- cooled off quite a bit. Yeah, and it's it's creating uh, like a new flow for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to observe what that flow is going to be but i'm grateful to be here i can't deny it's a little bit harder getting out of bed when the temperature changes (laughs) even harder out of getting out of pajamas but Mm. i'm here i'm here pjs and all (laughs) so you got an affirmation for us today i do have an affirmation and it comes from my book actually And it's on page 52, if you have your book. And it reads, all I have in this moment is the present. Who I am in this moment is enough. All I have in this moment is the present. Mm -hmm. Who I am in this moment is enough. Mm -hmm. That's a bar. I would even dare to say how I'm feeling in this moment is enough as well. Yeah, but say that again. (laughs) All I have in this moment is the present. Who I am in this moment is enough. Fee, that's a song. I hear music all in that. For real. <laughs> that's a hook. I hope it goes into that place of development. Mm. That's dope. Thank you. Yeah. All I have in this moment. The moments. The moment. Life is like a, a beautiful composition, right? Ongoing of several moments. Mm-hmm. Here, we try to make room for the practice of being present. Mm -hmm. And anybody who's ever dedicated any time or intention to the practice of being present knows how hard it can be. Mm. It's so (laughs) unique. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't know if everyone has awareness that it's hard to be present or only those who are practicing being intentional about being present but whatever the case is it gets challenging very much so before we even came here i decided to do some intentional deep breathing and focusing only on my breath and how difficult it was to focus only on the breathing i so quickly start to think about other things that are happening other things that i want to do um other goals checklists like Take a look at my reminders. All in the span of just one breath that happens. Mm-hmm. Just one. Mm-hmm. It's our breathing. It's our emotions. It's what we remember. It is sometimes how our experiences inform how we see the present. Mm-hmm. That's happening undoubtedly in the moment, but 
depending on where you are in your experience, you can experience the present differently. Mm-hmm. Depending on where you are in your experience, the present can affect you differently. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just the present and it, it's a passing moment. But sometimes I experience that when the moment is passing, I may not be going with it. Mm. Uh, what do you mean by that? It's like um, sometimes, and I'm mainly talking about like conversations or matters that involve like great emotional intensity. Mm-hmm. It could be on my mind all day. Mm-hmm. All day. Dinner, it's on my mind. Shower, it's on my mind. It's still on my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes it affects how I can show up in the present. Mm-hmm. It's like sometimes the present, admittedly, I feel like I could be going through the motions of the present. So looking present, but not really present in the moment because my mind is still on that emotional, intense matter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that honesty for me is just really good because I said it out loud and now I'm aware of it and I can make room to be present in certain parts of not only my day, but our day, our family function. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I appreciate you naming that. And I very much understand those feelings and how that happens. And I love how clearly you articulate it because uh, I'm feeling kind of the same way. And even yesterday I was having this strong like apprehension and sharing, sharing our conversation that we had openly on manifesting. Mm-hmm. That was very challenging for me. And I knew I wanted to share it because I know that the way that I felt about it, I know that other angel mothers have felt that way as well. Mm-hmm. But those conversations have been private conversations. And sharing them with the public who may not understand the experience and the intimate details of that grief. I don't know. I kind of felt like I opened up to receive feedback from someone who may not have had that experience. And I had a fear around that. I didn't want any advice. I also don't want to be misunderstood. Like, I I think that's a natural thing. Like when we're communicating with someone or we're sharing something, I think the goal and the aim in our communication is to be understood. Mm -hmm. But that often doesn't happen pending on, I guess for me, like how it's communicated. So I try my very best to be as clear as possible. But still, man, I had this fear about sharing it because of what someone might make of that and the many different directions that a person's brain and how they process can take something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why are you looking like that? I think I'm I'm smiling because I'm experiencing liberation in 
what you're describing as fears. And I'm imagining that uh, one day our children will hear us or see us respond to something out of fear and it can inform them how much that fear isn't real and they don't have to observe it. Mm. So I was literally just standing in the liberation because I also experience the desire to want to be understood when I communicate, mm-hmm. right? Which is why I communicate the way I do. But desiring to be understood when I communicate is different from the fear of being misunderstood. And for me, I find that if I have a fear of being misunderstood, the authenticity that it deserves, whatever is rough about it, Mm -hmm. whatever is unrefined about it, Mm -hmm. the authenticity that it deserves could be compromised because I don't want to be misunderstood. Mm -hmm. But usually when I'm speaking in that regard, I'm speaking to a specific group of people, a specific experience. And it ain't for everybody to understand anyway. <laughs> yeah. And you know that, right? Like I have I do know. my work as an artist, what I create, my observations, they're not for every room. It's for the better of humanity, but I'm not, I'm not talking to you. So I am in an artistic lens releasing myself from the fear of being misunderstood. Mm-hmm. By being very clear that when I'm talking to who I'm talking to, that's who I'm talking to. Hey, that is liberating. <laughs> that makes me feel good. But I'm only able to identify that fear that I've had when you said it out loud. Mm. And I had no clue that we were connected <laughs> on this particular strand. Really, in my mind, this was about you and the listener who can identify with you as a mother. Mm. Because that was the context in which it was introduced. But the principle, yeah, the principle of the fear of being misunderstood was something I just saw how I've operated with it mm-hmm. and I've chosen to release myself from it. Hey. <laughs> it is what it is, man. Hey, it is what it is. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> nah, I appreciate it. it just, I wasn't it just, expecting to find that. I did not expect to find it, but it pulled up. <laughs> yeah. Well, for... Uh, the sake of talking about like this fear of being misunderstood. I think um, I was having a concern about being mishandled mm-hmm. in the comments. <laughs> in the comments, right? And, and it's crazy <laughs> that this that this virtual chat place is having real impact on us, right? Because they're not just, even when they're a faceless account with no followers and no posts, mm-hmm. uh, the words sometimes feel very real, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Especially around things that are so close to you, right? You describe your art. And um, I think even like my processing and understanding of my grief around uh, the idea of manifesting is is also my art too. Say that. Because um, it, it, it is my truth, right? And Yes. So I, I am sensitive about how it's received. Yeah. And... uh. And it's the most intimate of yourself that you choose to it share. It is. It it is the most intimate because it involves Kamayu. You, Kamayu, your family, like it. It's it's multidimensional, mm-hmm. and I want to acknowledge the beautiful humanity in 
the fear of being misunderstood for one, but also this idea not wanting to be mishandled or ill-advised. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that in your writing and in your sharing, you've talked to us about uh, people offering words that land in vastly different places than mm-hmm. they intended them. Mm-hmm. Right. And the emotional labor that is created for you to work through their misplaced words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I really just, when you get down to it, when you get involved and you start synthesizing and processing these realities fee, it's a whole different ball game. You open it up for so many of us. Mm. Thank you. And I would even dare to say that I've thought about, like, and obviously this is all just my own thinking. This is all in my head. But some of my apprehension came from, like, okay, who of my friends might hear this and think differently of me? Think of me, I don't know, in a way where, See, I haven't even found the word, right? Like, what is it? Because really, they just are my thoughts. Yeah, and I wonder, are like, are are these your real friends, the people that you see in real life that know you and feel you, or are these like virtual friends? No, because no, they're my real friends. The people that you see. Yes, it's people. I mean, I don't see them every day, but yeah, they're but you know, my, the ones in your life. My real this is who, this is who you imagine in your head would be. Yeah, make, believing something differently than what you said. Tell us more. Well. Believing something differently than what I said, I guess I thought about, okay, well, I share this. Who's going to go back and actually take the time to listen to this conversation that you and I are having, right? Um, Because I think what I shared with you is a little bit nerve wracking for me is where it ended, right? And where it ended in the clip, the, the short clip is not where it ended for me in my processing. Mm-hmm. So I was afraid that maybe somebody might go with the narrative um, that I would trade in Kamali, for instance, right? Now, obviously, I wouldn't trade in Kamali. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also know that I can't trade in anything, right? All I had in that moment of processing was like my feelings around that. It, w- it was a moment. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I'm allowed that, but I don't think that people allow that, if you will. Ah, I'm allowed that, but I don't think people allow that. That's a bar. I, as you say this, right, it makes me think about where we are in the age of sound bites, <laughs> right? Cause, no, cause that that that'd be enough to get a whole new thread started, right? Somebody hears a sound bite without context of what was said before or after the soundbite mm-hmm. and make up their mind that this is like mm-hmm. um, truth uh, full of evidence. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that's what makes this work courageous. Yes. Saying it in whole or saying it in soundbites is what courage is about. Storytelling happening in multiple different forms, multiple different uh, mediums, short form content, long form content. Storytelling is powerful. And the experience around you know, being understood and misunderstood, misunderstood, we're all subject to that, mm-hmm. right? I think the powerful thing is to say out loud, I had this fear about being misunderstood. I ha- I think that's the most powerful part about 
this very human experience, you bringing us here with that truth enough for me to find a new creative license real time mm. of why I say, why I feel, why I move with the convictions I do. So that, that was given to me real time. And I need that right now. You know, I need that right mm. now. So that's a huge finding. So when I said I came here feeling open, uh, this just reaffirms that I want to remain open in such a way uh, to undo some of my own miswiring, to undo some of the damage of being misunderstood or mishandled. Mm. But ultimately, I have the opportunity or the responsibility, the ability to respond differently than the past. So I just I, I can stand in my truth with more patience for myself and be lesser impacted by the people who are misunderstanding me. Mm. It doesn't make me want to leave the hot seat if I'm in the hot seat. Whatever it is, I'm not leaving because if I feel this way, I feel this way. I love that. I love what you just, that's, that's, you gave that to me. That's courageous and I want to sit there. I want to be able to be confident enough to sit there. Because it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, but it takes work, man. Like, I think what's so unique about that conversation, like I said, it it has taken almost three years to come to this understanding about myself. Mm-hmm. And very much like when I began investigating my grief, I wasn't confident in sharing. If you recall, and I know I've shared this here in our conversations, before Black Love aired, I was in like gritting my teeth in tears, just in fear of how it would be perceived, how I could potentially be mishandled, people not having an understanding of the intricacies of grief, but also that it changes. How you feel changes. <laughs> like you have your feelings in a moment and they they change and and, and so forth, right? Like Yes. The process is that. And I had this fear like, okay, how I responded at that particular time, I may not feel that way anymore. Uh Uh-huh. I remember that. Yeah. But even with that, right, I had more courage at the time of the airing of Black Love, but it's still, you know what I'm saying? Like, I I do. I do. I'm, (laughs) I'm listening while bookmarking this conversation for our children as they grow. Mm. Being able to hear... Like, I've never heard this part of my parents' humanity, right? Mm. And we all have these feelings. It's just that some of us express them and some of them, be, some of us become a different version be, of ourselves because of these feelings. But we never said why we became a different version of ourselves. We just acquiesced. Mm. So figuring out who my parents are, what their voices are, and why their voices do what they do in this world. I've never had the insight that our children we'll get to have in this way of understanding our voices and our reasoning. So I was just bookmarking this as uh, revolutionary work, um, not just for now, uh, but for generations to come, particularly our children who under, who will see us and then be able to hear this part of the processing, right? Cause this is a harder conversation to get to with your child. I imagine granted, I, you know, Kamali is really hard to have these types of longer conversations with her in general, just in general, but, She's still finding her language. Yeah, but I don't I don't know when I don't know when these conversations happen because I've never seen them happen between parent and child. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm standing my future self is thanking me 
for this courageous work because it's also about relationships. This is also about love as a practice. This is also about our communication styles. This is also about how we show up in the world while showing up for one another. So it's, yes, we, we have a conversation around grief as an experience of love, but embedded in that are so many other things about our identity that I'm really glad we're leaving reference of, whether it's a soundbite or whether it's long form. This is important and revolutionary work. And I love that you come to it with honesty, not produced what I think people want to hear conversations, mm. right? I love the honesty that you bring in. It has been a staple for uh, my love for you um, since becoming parents. What I see is intimate time. Like hearing you this way is really important to me. So I just want to thank you for making room for that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you. We, you were saying something, though, Fee, about the moments and how they change. Yeah. And how our emotions change. Yeah. And, you know, every I can't say Kamali's name without laughing or smiling because she's so funny. Um, because she uh, challenges the best parts of me. Mm-hmm. There's no there's nothing in this world I know as consistent as Kamali. I don't think anybody has her beat in terms of consistency. And, and that can be consistently changing her mind, right? She mm-hmm. I got you again. You thought I was playing with this toy. I want the toy you have in your hand. She does this to me often. <laughs> Obviously, I'm just venting. But I can't think about Kamali without smiling. Mm. She brings me that much joy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But my smile with Kamali, about Kamali, doesn't mean that I'm not still investigating my feelings mm-hmm. around Kamayu. Mm-hmm. Right. And I want to say this. There were moments where we were experiencing joy. And I had a fear around showing that joy as an outward expression to the public. Man. Not because I didn't want them to see you experience this joy I didn't want you to experience somebody um, rushing you or making a statement about how things are all better yeah or how God does everything for a reason and it's like all right it's like cool but you don't know the reason no no it's all good slim but you don't the only person he only talking to you You're the only one that hear him. Nah, but Slim, here's the thing. Here's the thing. He's doing it for a reason. The creator's doing it for a reason. And you don't know that reason. And you don't don't know that reason. Stop. It's a a mute point at this point because you don't know. But I I label these things as my experiences early. Everybody love everybody. Everybody love everybody. He's a genius. Um, But I say this as, oh, this is part of what I've experienced as apprehension or fear yeah um and it isn't that i didn't want to show folks outwardly what we were experiencing is joy it's just that it was about what that would be for you right and something really really dope happened uh, the other day i get a lot of um courageous truth from artists in my cypher 
right? One of them being the guest we had on the show, Rex Life Raj, mm -hmm. right? And his his experiencing of his emotions and his truth and how he expresses them. Mm -hmm. But I was also listening to a conversation the other day with LaRussell, mm -hmm. okay? And uh, he said he was in an interview and somebody was like, you know, you know, you're a happy guy. And he was like, why did that bother me? And not only why did it bother me, I had to find out why it bothered me. Why did it bother me to be described as happy? What's wrong with being happy? Mm. Is that an assault on my character? My, He's not saying this, but, what, but he is saying, what's wrong with being happy? Why am I challenged by this? It's not an insult. And then he realized when that person said, you're a happy guy, it impacted him because he said it felt like a constant. Mm. And he says, yeah, I am happy like I am other things. Yeah. Because happiness is an emotion and it changes. Yeah. And I've also been sad and I've also been disappointed. And he named all these other things that felt way more complete to me. That way, when somebody says, you know, hey, you're happy now. <laughs> now being the operative word. In this moment, mm -hmm. not as a continuum, not as a continuum or a final place or a final place. So, yes, I am happy now. And if my body language change, will you have the courage to say, are you upset now? <laughs> right. Right. Or are you grieving now? But most people don't have room <laughs> for the grief or the anger. They have room for happy because it's convenient. Mm. And once it is, we can move past it and we can be happy together. <laughs> but I haven't seen it work that way. Mm. I stand in the power of my joy. I stand in the power of the smiles, coos, laughters, and giggles that Kamali brings me. Right? That is true. Mm -hmm. And I'm also still exploring yep. the thoughts, the feelings, the fears, obviously, mm -hmm. that are still very much present with you till this day. But yeah. you know, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Still investigating. Come on. And I appreciate you even bringing us to that point because I had a moment today where I understood more about how things are changing and ongoing. I revisited an affirmation in my toolkit and actively like reflected upon it. And what I found was the affirmation actually is healing is not a final place. It is changing and ongoing. Uh -huh. That's on page 42. And I went back to understand more about this affirmation for me. And I remember the conflict that I had prior to coming to this understanding for myself. We were actually in therapy and I was trying to resolve a conflict that I was feeling inside about this idea that if I did a certain thing, maybe said a particular prayer, lit a particular candle, and maybe even like wrote on a note and burned it, right? That I would feel better, that I would, I would arrive at this place of healing. And I remember in the conversation that I felt like it very much dismissed what the intricacies of my grief were. And 
the depths of the heartbreak and just the nonlinearness of it all, if that's, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then as I was writing, I also realized something else about the conflict that I had with it. The truth about it for me is I was also upset that it's not true, that healing is not a final place because how deeply I would like it to be, right? Mm. How deeply I would like to not have to continue to work through this, how deeply I would like to just have Kamayu in my arms, how deeply I would like to not have to continue to investigate. But here's the reframe, and this is how I know things are changing and ongoing, and I'm grateful for them. The reframe is that I will continue to do the work because it is the continual practice and demonstration of my love for Kamayu, right? That it has grown each day. And because it grows each day, it is changing and ongoing. And ongoing. And I'm okay with that because I love her that much. And I won't let my love stop. It is not final. It is always. And because it is always, it is before, it is after, it is infinite. And I came to that finding. Here I am almost three years to the date again. But I love that. I love that I get to do that. Absolutely. And I love that you give us this. There's such rich findings and it being changing and ongoing also creates the conditions for the love to be changing and ongoing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's the this and that. Yeah. Fee, you're amazing. I thank you for your courage and your pacing. I'm also reminded that for many of us who, whether it is work, whether it is school, professional education, I know a lot of programs that take more than three years to develop mastery. Hmm. Um, We would all like our doctors to have gone to school for more than three years. (laughs) That's something I do know to develop their mastery, right? Yeah. So we're still very much coming out of toddler phase Mm. in these understandings. Mm -hmm. And I want to pace myself to endure as it is changing and ongoing. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Soul Affirmations with Felicia and Kariga. With Kariga and Felicia. And most importantly, you, the listener on the Black Love Podcast Network. Yes. We thank our executive producers, Cody and Tommy Oliver, Mm -hmm. our producer, Crystal Hill, Until next time, may we all love more abundantly. Peace. Peace.